Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where we get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. This month, we wanted to dive into the City of Bend Accessibility Program to better understand the role it plays in our community. The program aims to ensure that every program, service, benefit, activity, and facility is accessible and usable by all. Accessibility and Equity Manager Cassandra Kehoe is here to explain how she works to make that happen, making sure everyone in the community is included and able to participate with the City of Bend. Today on the podcast, I am joined by Cassandra Kehoe. She is the City of Bend Accessibility and Equity Manager. Cassandra, thank you so much for chatting with me. Oh, Jacob, thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to talk about accessibility with you today. Yeah, uh, we wanted to um, dive in and learn a little bit more about your role and kind of what you do here at the City of Bend in regards to accessibility, because I think a lot of people hear that word and they have lots of different thoughts um, about what that might mean. But first, I want to take a step back um, and just ask you a little bit about yourself. So how long have you been here at the City of Bend? I started my role uh, as the Accessibility and Equity Manager back in December of 2022. Uh, so just a little over uh, nine months. And um, what did you do before coming to the city? Um, I'm trained as an attorney. I don't practice, but um, historically, my most recent role was at the University of Arizona as a civil rights investigator. Um, and essentially what that role was, was in internally within the system um, looking to make sure that we have uh, environments, work environments, uh, learning environments that are free from discrimination. And when discrimination does arise or cases are alleged, we're able to investigate and make sure that we remediate or um, find alternative solutions to ensure that discrimination is not uh, something that's happening on our campuses and in our schools. What, what kind of made you want to make this pivot and make this change into this role then? I, I think it's a pretty similar, similar vein in terms of compliance law and also just caring for people. I really, I think that's what it comes down to is I'm drawn to the humanity of the role. I'm drawn to ultimately, like these policies and procedures have language, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to people. How are we positively looking to impact people's life? And specifically to this role, how are we ensuring that people have equal and fair opportunity to access our civic life as we know it in Bend, Oregon? Um, So that kind of transitions nicely into my next question, which is what is your role? What does kind of, what is your work look like? What does your day-to-day look like? Yeah, um, every day is a little bit different, honestly, and I found that to be a challenge, and also it, it's exciting. Um, it can range anything from dealing with Title I, which really essentially in my role is supporting employees in their positions here um, at the city, and that can be anything from putting in reasonable accommodation requests for folks who do have disabilities to having conversations about disabilities um, on a larger scale and, and trying to increase um, kind of the 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 perspective, ability, um, and also conversations around it, because it's something that not a lot of times historically we talk about. So I'm there to always be in meetings to inter- interject, hey, let's make sure that we're looking at this from an accessible perspective. So it can be from a, a higher level kind of perspective like that, where I'm, where I'm giving information. It can also just be in one-on-one talking with employees. Um, and externally facing, I'm also the staff liaison for the City of Bend's Accessibility Advisory Committee. And in that, um, that's kind of an external uh, 
a body where we have members from our public who volunteer their time, and they range anywhere from entrepreneurs to local business owners um, to architects. They all have different backgrounds when it comes to accessibility, and we we have that meeting once a month. They have initiatives that they're working on, so I help make sure that their initiatives are on the way to becoming um, strategies that we implement in the city and that we make the changes we want to see when it comes to accessibility within the city of Bend and also in our communities as well. Since you mentioned that committee that you are the staff liaison for, um, maybe touch on that a little bit and why that committee work is so important and why it's important for the community to have a voice in this work. Definitely. Um, you know, I think that the city of Bend, it, it's what it is, is it's, it's a, manage, a city manager appointed committee. And so what that means is that COBAC, the members specifically, have come up with historically their first work plan of 2022. Um, and it was approved by Eric King, which was exciting. And it was a huge milestone for them. And this year, what they're really doing is implementing and trying to work out how they want to see those initiatives started. So the three main categories they have are um, improving infrastructure and transportation for folks with disabilities and community, which is a huge, huge issue um, when we're talking about on-demand ride access, when we're talking about connectivity of sidewalks. There are a lot of issues historically that Bend has faced, and then COBAC is really helping to um, advocate on behalf of the citizens of Bend to ensure that we're keeping an eye on that and have perspectives that you know typically is a as a city, we may not always have. So it's incredibly important work. Another initiative they're working on is ensuring that the city of Bend itself um, in, in community is more accessible. So that means like partnering with different organizations and businesses. They're looking to partner with the Chamber of Commerce um, to really have, uh, you know, basic opportunities to create either little lunch and learns or larger, more um, impactful uh, workshops or uh, trainings as well. The last initiative is making... Um, within the city of Bend more accessible. So the city itself, so staff, employees, and that can be anything ranging from making sure we have accessible documents to ensuring our meetings and events are accessible to folks with all types of disabilities as well. What does accessibility mean to you? It's such a good word, Jacob, and it's such a good question because it's true. We get really into the words without giving the definitions. For me, accessibility means access, right? So that can mean in in a variety of ways. We know that buildings historically have not been accessible to a lot of folks with disabilities. And that's something where you've got civil legislation coming out of the Americans with Disabilities Act and also um, the 50th anniversary of the Rehabilitation Act is this year. It just so happens. But those are civil pieces of legislation that are in place to ensure access to buildings, for instance. We also have regulations that ensure access to online, right? We know that a huge amount of commerce and business occurs now online. So ensuring that websites are accessible to folks with uh, visual disabilities and or hearing um, disabilities, that's something that we really look at. So when I think about access, I really think about all the ways that it can happen. And it can happen physically, it can happen in, you know, the the universe of technology, it can happen in a lot of ways. And I think we have to continually to be nimble and adapt to the different ways that we want to have access for folks in our community. So that's what it means to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, So maybe touch on then for our listeners. um, what, what are some of the services that are provided by the city when someone reaches out and, and um, needs assistance? Absolutely. So a common, a common issue that occurs is somewhere in community, somebody will report a barrier to access. So essentially, you could say, for instance, um, one of the tiles of a cement sidewalk is mm-hmm. has, a, because of tree roots, has kind of lifted, um, and they'll report that. And barrier removal requests are something that we have on our website. And an individual with a disability or a representative of an individual 
individual with a disability has an opportunity to report it. We also have uh, times where, for instance, like in a city council meeting, if somebody needs an assistive listening device, we're there to help with that. If somebody needs um, documents provided in Braille, that takes a few days, but we're able to uh, facilitate with consultants that, that do the work, that, re- that turn it around, and then we're able to provide that to community members in Braille. So it can be a variety of things. Um, and also, it's, it's, it's problem solving. Um, it, can be, it doesn't have to be something that's prescribed or we've historically done, but how can we do the best job that we can do for community members who have concerns, who need assistance and support, and what are creative ways that we can come up with to, to provide those things. I get the sense from you and working with you a little bit here that um, even if it's not something that's listed on our website, you want people to reach out to you and we're going to try and make it happen. Absolutely. And it's not always a guarantee that we're able to make anything happen, but a lot of, in my career, historically, what I found, a lot of the concerns that are raised, people want to be heard and listened to. People want to feel like they've had a chance to to voice their concerns, their complaints, to advocate on behalf of themselves and to feel like somebody in the city or the government or institutions are listening to them. And that's really what that, you know, Lisa Larson and myself, she's our administrative accessibility support specialist, we really try to engage with uh, community members who have concerns, and they can also bring that up in a variety of ways via email, phone, or they can attend a COBAC meeting and bring that up to this, the, the COBAC members. You know, we really appreciate um, and encourage community engagement. I am all about trying to be as innovative, uh, and, if, and what's wonderful about the city is they are supportive of that, as innovative as we can be, and to be accessible as we can for, for all people and in, in, in citizens in, in, in Bend. How do you see this? work benefiting the community and um, really the importance behind it. It's the difference between entering or not being able to get into a building. It's the difference between being able to fully enjoy civic life in Bend and not. And I always give the example I think that really illustrates this is um, uh, I had a friend when we were at the University of Arizona, we would uh, go to this very popular building and it was an older building um, and she used a wheelchair. Uh, She was a professor at the University of Arizona. Uh, she would always tell us that when we went to the front of the building, there were stairs that would preclude her from being able to enter the front. But there was access uh, under the ADA, right, that said that behind behind the behind the building, we've got a ramp for you to be able to use. It, is this an equal way for us to enter the building? Does it make sense that she's got to wheel herself around the building by the trash cans in the back where there's little light at night um, to enter the building, right? So, so it may technically be able to be equal access, but it's not an equal opportunity that we're having. It's not the same experience. That's why I'm always a proponent of universal design. It's something that really um, tries to make sure that the the ways that we build and the ways that we envision our future, whether it be physical environments or online environments, are inclusive of a lot of different types of ability. Um, An instance of this would be um, sliding glass doors at a grocery store, right? That can benefit people who uh, use mobility devices such as wheelchairs or walkers, but it also helps people with strollers, parents with strollers, people with their arms full of groceries, right? There can be a multitude of ways where universal design really helps and supports folks in community. And so that that's important to me. So how can we work together to ensure people can fully access the program services and activities that the city offers? I'm just curious too, because you kind of look at the world in a different lens um, just because of uh, the work that you do. How do you feel like um, we're doing as a community and here at the city of Bend as far as breaking down those barriers and making things more accessible? 
accessible. I'm sure there's probably a lot of areas you see where we can improve, but there are probably some good things that are happening as well. So what, what kind of are you seeing around the community and here at the city? Definitely. You know, I think the fact that my position exists itself is such a boon and it is so exciting and it's invigorating for me. I feel excited about that. I don't think that a lot of similarly sized cities have positions that are specifically focused on accessibility and equity. Um, and I'm thrilled to be able to be in this position and advocate for it wherever I see. And it's true, Jacob, like I do have a different lens and, and, and it's anywhere from our leadership team encouraging me to be in meetings to make sure that people think about and have the idea of accessibility in ways that they may not historically understand. But ultimately, I think for both the city of Bend internally and externally within our community, it comes down to education. And the way that I go about trying to facilitate and provide that education, again, is in that calling in instead of calling out. There are ways historically that we know we've precluded and discriminated against folks that do have disabilities and the ways that we want to move forward to ensure that doesn't happen. So um, it can be it can be very um, challenging for people to continually have to advocate for themselves to do the basic, simple, minimum things of entering a building or doing it with a, 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 a semblance of dignity. And like I'm saying, not making sure that they go through back doors or back channels, right? To have the equal opportunity to, along with your colleague, enter the building in a same or similar manner, that's a big difference, right? Um, and knowing that there are always limitations in terms of our construction budgets, the things that we're able to do, but I think having the flexibility, the adaptability, being able to be nimble in our problem solving is something that we as a city are committed to. Um, and I wouldn't be doing this work unless I completely was 100% behind the idea that I am supported in my role, um, it's advocated for, and it's part of an equity department that's been growing for the past uh, four years, which is fantastic. Um, so it's a pleasure to be in my role, and it's a it's an honor to do this work and to be able to advocate in places that historically, you know, there's not been a lot of advocacy available for. So I think that we're in a great position, and it really comes down to education, because once folks kind of understand or get, get an idea about it, they'll continue to do that. And one of the things um, that we do in COBAC is something for either our low or limited or no-sighted friends who are online or in person is we always start with a visual description. So we've got pronouns. So for instance, today, for those people who are listening, I would say, hello, I'm Cassandra Kehoe. My pronouns are she, her. Um, and today I'm sitting in a, a meeting room with Jacob Larson um, and I am wearing a black jacket and a white shirt uh, and I have long uh, brown hair, right? Just physical descriptors that may not otherwise be available to someone um, that makes it so that they feel included and welcome in, in what we do. Do you feel like this is something that um, the topic of accessibility, like it's only going to get better if the entire community um, kind of educates themselves and learns about these things and kind of has that empathy for people who um, need the assistance? Um, is That's probably a big part of making sure that everybody understands and is willing and able to help out with the yeah. accessibility services. Absolutely. And one of my favorite ways to do that is just to recommend books, podcasts, yeah. ways yeah. that you can you can personally look to kind of grow your knowledge of the subject matter. So I'm happy to share some of those with folks. And um, I have a large stack of books that I'm always reading in my office, like so many podcasts that I enjoy so much. Um, and one of, one of the greatest books that I can recommend just off the top of my head is Being 
Being Human uh, by Judith Human, um, and she is a historic civil rights advocate. She passed away uh, this year, which was a huge loss for the community, but the work that she has done, um, and that also brings up um, a, a movie called Crip Camp, and it's an excellent film that really documents kind of the start of where this advocacy group came from, and then how that ties into the demands and the sit-ins that happened for the Rehabilitation Act of 504, specifically with Governor Califaco in in California. So it's amazing. I am so passionate about it, and I love it, and I'm wanting to talk to anyone and anyone who will ever talk about accessibility and talk about the foundations and the people. And for me, it's all about the humanity. It's, it's, It's about the people. I care for people. We care for people as a city, and so that's why we champion and and work so hard to make sure that we're as accessible as we can be, knowing that there's a ways to go, but we're willing to do the work. You've probably kind of already touched on this a little bit, but I always like to end with asking um, this question, and that's, you know, why why do you love this work? Um, what kind of keeps you motivated to keep showing up each day? Ultimately, it comes down to the people. I think the strike through that you've seen throughout my career is that I care about people. I care about making our environments, whether it be working, learning, living, um, free of discrimination. So that just means that people are able to show up authentically, to do the work that they love, to be in places that they care about without fearing that they won't be able to either enter a building or access something online. It really ultimately comes down to the people and caring about things and ensuring that we, we treat each other as equal as we can and ensure that those values that we that we have as a local city um, are upheld and following through on that promise that we have uh, for all people. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jacob. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much to Cassandra for joining us this month on the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the city's accessibility program, you can head to bendoregon.gov slash accessibility. Thank you for tuning in to Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe and you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music. Music.